Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 139 of Internet Marketing, or even Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Oh, everybody. I don't know why I did that in such a stupid voice. <laughs> he always says that. That was Kelvin, my yes, co-host. this is Kelvin Newman. And uh, today, in today's show, it's all about speaking gigs, isn't it? Getting uh, getting more speaking yeah, gigs. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've had a busy couple of months, um, as I'm sure a lot of you will have heard if you follow me on Twitter or or seen the kind of somewhat intermittent schedule of um, recordings that have been going out of the podcast. And that's because... I've been doing a huge, huge, crazy amount of speaking um, over the last sort of 12 months or so. So I've been fortunate to talk at some of the best conferences in the UK, so like SMX Advanced and um, Sascon and Think Visibility and um, Brighton SEO, which I think is quite good as well. And you know, all these Poor Kelvin's wife, because the, Kelvin, would, Kelvin ran out of words, because you know, men only had 2,000 words I can say a day, <laughs> and he couldn't say anything to his wife when he came home. <laughs> That's probably true, probably true. And I've also been doing quite a lot of kind of international stuff as well, which is really nice. So, like, I've done... So, I'm going to reel these off here because I made a list just so I remember all of them. But in the last 12 months, I've talked in Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Croatia, uh, Munich in Germany. There's a bit of a theme Nice here. in France and Vienna. Oh, right. um, So, yeah, in, in Austria. So, a variety of different places there. And... Um, it's exciting, I enjoy doing it, and it's kind of similar to the podcast, and it's all good fun, and I enjoy it. But the reason I, we do it is because it's a great way for Site Visibility, the company I work for, um, to generate business and leads, mm. um, because people hear us talk in the same way they listen to this podcast, and say, oh, I like what Kelvin's talking about there, I'll probably see if he might be able to do some work for us. And it's not always instant as well, quite often we'll find two or three years down the line, someone will come to us and say, oh, I heard you talk two years ago about this. I didn't need an SEO agency at that point in time um, or pay-per-click agency or social media agency, um, but now I do and I remembered your name and contacted you there. So being that I know a significant chunk of our our audience are pra- practicing internet marketers who would probably benefit from having these type of speaking opportunities, um, I wanted to run for a couple of ideas um, about how you can increase your likelihood of getting 
those type of speaking gigs. And you do quite a lot of speaking as well, Andy, don't you? Does it, for you, yes. it must generate quite... I'm you know, a bit erratic, actually. Yeah. I haven't done speaking for a while, but I do really enjoy it. And I, one, thing, one thing I always say is if you, if you can get... I mean, it's just laziness. I've been too busy with other bits and bobs. But if you can get speaking gigs, it is one of the best things you can do. Because, it's, it's, as you say, it's a bit like the podcast. It tends to yeah. build trust. Yeah. So you will get phone calls, and the mm. first thing out of the person's mouth is, I heard you speak. And it's invariably months ago. Yeah. At, and you can't even remember the event. Yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about... Yeah. And, that, and it just leads to a new mm. client. So it's very, very powerful. Mm. So, I mean, the first thing I would say, if you want to try and get more of those opportunities, is try and if, know what events you'd like to speak at and understand how they select those speakers and how that decision-making process comes about. Now, there's a variety of different methods from one extreme to the other. So, for example, Brighton SEO, the event I organise, I, there's no formal pitching process for that. There's no um, link on the website that says, if you want to talk to us about this, there's no call for speakers. You just have to buy Kelvin. Well, no, 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 you don't buy. No, 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 no. It's all about who back, I've... Back envelope, backhander. <laughs> it's all about um, who I've seen speak who i think's good who i'd like to hear more from or people who i haven't seen speak but i've know that they know what they're talking about so be it i've bumped into them at the pub and they've had a conversation about it when we're at a, a other conference or they've written a couple of really good blog posts which i could invi- you know demonstrate that they know what they're talking about but other conferences are far more formal about it so they have smx advanced um which is an event in london Um, The way that they work is they have a month-long period where people can suggest sessions and topics. Mm. They then decide which of those sessions and topics they want to include, which ones they want to suggest themselves. Then they have a formal process where you have to apply to um, be on any of those panels. You have to put together a very standardized format. So it's like, okay, here's three paragraphs about who you are here's a couple of paragraphs about what you'd like to talk about you know and all those types of things and they're very very different and there's a variety of different ones in between. Now what you really need to do is try and under- make a wish list of the events that you would like to speak at and try and understand how they select them and then tailor your approach accordingly. So, for, for example, if um, you, know, you were desperate to talk at an event that didn't have that formal process, you probably ought to be trying to work out how you can get your content, get your expertise in front of the people who are selecting them. Or if it is one that has a more formal process, you want to be polishing that pitch over a period of time so yours is the best possible one that could go in there. So that's one advice. Second tip, and you know, close to both mine and Andy's heart, is try doing some podcasting because the process of vocalising and articulating ideas verbally um, on a podcast will make you become a better presenter. Um, so you'll be better at it when you do get those gigs. And also, it can be quite a good tool that if you're trying to convince someone, it's like, well, actually, if you're not sure about me, you've never met me before, you don't know me from Adam, um, here, have a listen to a couple of these podcasts I've recorded, um, and it'll show them that you know what you're talking about, and that you could... It's not the same as standing up in a room full of people, but actually, in some ways, it's harder, because if you're talking just, you know, into a microphone, a lot of people would be too scared to do that. So it's a great way of demonstrating your ability to speak in public. Very powerful to have yeah. a corpus of things you can point people at. Like yeah, that. and even if you stumble over a few lines like you do, in a, like I do in podcasts all the time, it demonstrates that you know you can, you can string a sentence together. Hopefully, although sometimes I do wonder that about myself. When and I'm you doing can recover from errors. <laughs> um, so yeah, a second um, second tip. Sorry, third tip um, is to pitch the session that you want to talk about as well. Too many people, and I've been guilty of this, um, spend all their time on themselves why i would be a great speaker for your conference and there's definitely an element to that and conference organizers want to have 
um, highly credible um, speakers who will attract an audience or at least deliver a really good talk when they're there. But actually what they're doing is programming a series of talks or sessions and the speakers are just the people delivering those. So spend uh, spend lots of time coming up with an idea of something that would go down well at that event. And that's where your time and attention should be spent on is don't just, you know, um, I've talked on dozens of link building panels and I've never just pitched, oh, I'll do a talk about link building. I've delved down, okay, this one I'm going to do about 15 ways you can get links from universities. This one I'm going to talk about how to do backlink analysis um, that's beyond the basics of backlink analysis, you know, and you're diving down into a particular topic. That's so it's, it's kind of like uh, it's the benefits. You're listing the benefits of your talk, yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk. Yeah, talk about the session. Really, really talk about the session of what you're going to do. And that's mm. and the second level is yeah. Don't just talk about what you're going to talk about. Talk about sorry, write about in the pitch what the benefit of your session is mm. going to be, what the takeaways are going to be, what someone who attends that is going to benefit from that. And also kind of talk a bit about who specifically would appreciate that. So this is a talk for advanced in-house marketers who are struggling with how to actually make link building happen. Or, presumably, you know, uh, Kelvin, if you've got like a standard talk, because most most people have a fairly standard sort of deck of cards don't they, they, they talk from, they probably tweak them a bit for each talk. But presumably it wouldn't hurt to have a written this written down somewhere you can always mod it slightly well i mean i i or, or, or do you think that's a bad idea i i, I it depends on what you're trying to achieve mm. um and i think if you're talking to a advanced audience you can't keep reusing the same slides on that but if you're talking to a more generalist audience you, you possibly can but if you've got a good you know in the same way you've got a good deck that you really believe you can do a good version of that you know have a pitch that you use multiple times for that or have a description of that mm. that you've mm. used. And potentially if you are pitching a talk that you've done previously and there's no harm in that because it's like in a different country and no one will have seen it, mm. try and get some of the feedback on that as well. So if you had afterwards, you had a tweet that said, I oh, really enjoyed this talk at by on you know, cut and paste that testimonial into into your pitch yeah, as sure. well. Yeah. Um, fourth tip, kind of try and concentrate initially on a particular area um, that you want to talk about and try and be consistent in that, blog about that, write about that, tweet about that because that will help you get those gigs because in day-to-day life you will probably work on a variety of different areas, a variety of different approaches because that's the way that we make a living is by doing lots of different things. But that can then be difficult for someone to pigeonhole you into which session you should do. And eventually that pigeonholing will become a problem, but initially that's good, right? Because if they know, oh, I've got a session to put together about this particular topic, I know this person blogs about it, they tweet about it, they're really interested in it, they've talked about it at other conferences, they'll also then you know, put you forward at that point as well. Now, you come to a point eventually where you, you know, and I'm probably there a bit now, where it's like I've spoken about link building lots and lots of times. I'd love to continue to talk about it, but I want to talk about different things as mm. well. But... Do that once you've built up a reputation in a particular area. It's easier to build up a reputation in one narrow subset of what it is you do and expand from there than go in with a broad scattergun approach beforehand. So that's good advice there from that point of view. Other thing, get recommended, right? The, the, the fact is that when I'm putting together a, a conference event, I'm looking for people who I know, um, and but I don't know everyone, right? So... I will take a recommendation of a friend saying, oh, I heard this person speak at this event and they were really good. Very, you know, 
that's a great endorsement for a potential speaker. So if you know someone who has spoken at that event before or who has moderated at that event before who um, likes your work, likes when you've heard them speak previously, ask them if they can put in a good word for you because it you know, will help. Um, but don't be contacting people you've never met before asking them to put in a good word for you because they won't. It needs to be people who understand, you know, who can vouch for you. And it will just, you know, often these recommendations will happen without your knowing. And that's the best case scenario of doing that as well. Um, Other advice, attend the event. If it's a regular event that happens annually or biannually, go to it beforehand. Go to it the year beforehand. Don't pitch the first time you ever go to an event because there's differences between events. They look for different things. The audiences are at different levels. They're... You know, some are all about hour-long presentations with one person. Other are much more panel debate type things. And you, if you've never been, you might not appreciate the subtlety of that. And once you've been, you understand that format. You're much better placed then to put together an idea that will work well. Um, know your level as well. I mean, a practical one for me on this is I've pitched myself for, I don't know, half a dozen American conferences never heard a peep back because my reputation isn't such in the states that they think that i can do the talks there or i'm from outside the states so therefore my talk would be too european in nature perhaps um and that's just i'm not at that level so um i shouldn't be pitching those and and that goes for everyone really don't try and uh, be pitching yourself at events that you would not be able to, to deliver you know good material at um, but it's also know your level in terms of if it's an advanced conference, not pitching a 101 session. But equally, if it's an audience made up of people who are just getting into the sector, don't pitch something that's you know so involved that they're all going to fall asleep as well. So kind of know know your level in terms of where you fit as a speaker, but know your level in terms of the the complexity of the the talk that you're delivering. And my final one is over deliver, right? Um, the best way to get speaking gigs is to do a speaking gig and knock it out of the park, right? Uh, because if you do an amazing talk, you'll get an amazing feedback that it'll be much easier to pitch again for that event in the future. If you do an amazing talk and you hear, you know, lots of people say that was an amazing talk, you then get asked to do ones at other events. I, you know, I watch, if I'm at an event, I'm there kind of taking notes of people who I'd like to see at my future events. Um, if I'm not at an event, I'm looking at Twitter to see who is getting the best feedback. I'm looking at the blog posts that sum up the event afterwards and see who got, you know, lots of people saying that was an amazing talk. You know, and, and that's how it will snowball out of that. So don't, you know, I know it seems a bit self-evident that if you've got to do a speaking gig, do the best speaking gig you possibly can. But you'd be surprised how many people don't rehearse, don't run through it ahead of time, don't check their slides and have it finalized three or four days in advance then you know i've been at events where the you know someone's talking at nine o'clock and they're up at midnight the night before making changes to their presentation um I, that that can't be a good presentation because mm. you, you just you know you're changing it too much at the last minute to, to to deliver it well so that would be yeah some great advice there but if you want to do speaking gigs put yourself forward understand the context of what you're pitching for and then when you do get the gig, do it as best as you possibly can. I've got a couple of quick questions for you. Yeah, yeah. Question number one is, when, as, as a man who has done many talks and training sessions, how, how much can you actually explicitly promote 
your stuff, for example, the website, for example, the podcast. Do you ever do that, or are you more subtle about it? Um, do you at the end say, and don't forget, you can hear us on the podcast, or don't forget the website is? The, the way I always do it is I have a kind of slide at the beginning that says, who am I? Um, right. And, you know, I make it clear who I'm connected to. So mm. if they do like me, there's no ambiguity as to the company I work Do you show that again at the end? Um, no, but at the right. end I have a slide that says, if you enjoyed this presentation... I've got a blog here and a podcast there. Yeah. Um, and that's relatively subtle. Um, but I, I've, I've never found that a sales pitch in those kind of environments will work. No, no. Work very well. And one of the most common bits of feedback I've heard about events where there's kind of a very strong connection between who sponsors and who speaks, um, which a lot of the kind of big trade oh. show, like, of course yes um, won't name names but kind of the free events in London at kind of Olympia that um, you know have those types of ones the feedback is yeah the talk was okay but it was mostly a sales pitch mm-hmm. and then that ironically doesn't work because they've gone for one thing and got something else and therefore have a bad impression of your company which is kind of the complete opposite of what you wanted mm-hmm. instead you probably should have been really delivered value for them um, even if they were never going to be a customer of yours and then everyone goes away with a good impression of yours. And some of them are going to get in contact and do that. You need to make clear what, you know, if someone is potentially interested in what it is you do, um, you need to make it clear about how they can get in contact with you or what, you know, I, I, early on in my career, I wasn't explicit enough about who I was and who I worked for. And that, you know, then doesn't do anyone any favors. But if in doubt, make it less salesy. Yeah, I would probably say it's a pretty good rule. And what about... Um because I often find myself saying to people, you know, if you're going to do talks, get them recorded. Have you had much experience of that? Have you ever been to and done a talk and and they say, oh, and we can give you a recording if you want? Or do you think that's a good idea? I, I think anything that you can do to ask, you know, assess your performance afterwards can be quite valuable. Um, so we record these podcasts on the fly, but I listen back to them to try and work out, oh, well, that was a good one. Here's the bit I did wrong. Here's the bit I didn't do well. Mm. Um, and, you know, like we feature in our in this podcast recordings of some of the conferences that, that we've been involved with. Um, but not every conference will have that. I think if you're starting out and you're kind of really wanting to improve, I think you could do a lot worse than like set up a dictaphone, you know, dictaphone app on the, the podium where you're talking and listen back to yourself afterwards or get someone to do an iPhone recording on a video that might not be good enough for publication, but will certainly mm. you could rewatch. It's difficult to watch yourself back or listen to yourself back you know you can't help but cringe but yeah. that's what the people in the audience are seeing and you'll probably you'll be more critical of yourself you know you'll you know think you're saying i'm an r a lot more than anyone else notices or you'll pick up on a, a vocal tick of which i have dozens um and <laughs> yes. really frustrate yourself about that but you know it because you you know yourself, whereas they only have heard you talk for 20 minutes. They probably yeah. haven't picked up on it. I remember seeing a video actually of, of one of my talks and the, the one thing I just couldn't get out of my head is well, my, do my elbows really stick out that much? <laughs> well, I, I don't think there's anything you can do about that though. Is there? <laughs> I mean, bar, bar dramatic surgery. I think you're probably stuck with those. With elbowectomy. Anyway, better leave it there. So uh, I've been Andy White. And I've been Kelvin Newman from sitevisibility.com. See that, you know, dropping in yeah, there. Excellent. Yes, to be found at Site Visibility. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and uh, very quickly, what, what are we talking about next time? Uh, next episode, we are talking about cognitive biases um, and sort of tricks that your mind plays on yourself that scientists have noticed 
that I think marketers would be interested in. I think we've touched on this earlier, but we're going to get a bit more in depth. Yeah, this is real live examples of um, tricks that your mind plays on you um, and how you can take advantage. All coming up on next week's or next time's internet marketing. See you soon, folks. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. If you're inside the UK, it's O one two seven three two five six one five oh. And you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.